0: everyone and welcome to episode 103 of a yank on the footy i'm craig wessels here from sandusky ohio and i am absolutely thrilled that you're listening in this episode we're going to kind of deviate from the uh the norm on the podcast we're not going to talk too much about footy a little bit so i'm going to keep my uh my baby toe dipped in footy to talk about that but we are going to preview the 2021 nfl season which begins this sunday i know there are quite a few nfl fans uh at least people that follow the game, kind of on the periphery. And uh, I wanted to talk about that a little bit. And we're going to also go back and look at the 2020 season and take kind of a, a slightly different uh, gaze at that and, and see how things could have been different if they if the NFL decided to follow the lead of the AFL in terms of how they go about their standings, the ladder, if you will because I'm going to go ahead and take the 2020 NFL season and apply the AFL ladder to that and see if there would be any changes. And who might have gotten a home game, who might not have gotten a home game. Did anybody get into the playoffs that shouldn't have? That type of thing. So before we dive in, I do want to remind you that you can find everything related to the podcast at my website at yankonthefooty.com. Don't forget that if you want to help out the show, you can see the uh, Buy Me a Coffee page there or check out my storefront on Breadbubble, which is there as well. One other little... Uh, tidbit. In the toolbar at the top of the website, I added a few weeks ago a uh, tab up there called Register as a Guest. So if you're somebody who would like to be a guest on the show, or maybe you have a friend that uh, that you would like to sign up, you know, check with them first on that if you would. And you think they'd be a great guest to come on and talk footy with me, because uh, again, the purpose is this. I'm learning about the game. I'm trying to encourage other americans to check out the game while also uh hopefully entertaining a lot of you who are listening in australia as well so if you want to you know come on the show as a guest i don't necessarily know who everybody is that's listening of course i have locations for a lot of people in terms of you know countries and states and that type of thing not like addresses and what room of the house you're in that sort of thing but uh If you think you'd like to be a guest on the show, you've enjoyed the the banter and the discussion that's gone on here in previous episodes, go ahead and sign up on there. You can also get on the email list there as well. And If you want to leave a voicemail for the show, uh, which I will include then in, uh, in subsequent episodes, if you've got a question or something of that nature for me, I would love to hear from you. So again, there's that little tab there as well. Now today's club of the episode is the Woden Blues Football and Netball Club from the ACT. Now, this club was formed in 1996, so that's a relatively new club, and they were formed by a group of Marist College old boys. Now, somebody's going to have to explain to me what the old boys are. I I have this feeling that it must be like a bit of a fraternity or like a men's uh, collegial group where they just, you know, they they do things together in terms of uh, activities and they bond, that type of thing, which is what a fraternity would be here in the States. I'm, I'm, I'm making the assumption that that's what it is, but I'd love to hear from you. Maybe I'm completely off base as far as that goes, okay? So, um, they, like I said, formed in 1996. They actually won a minor premiership their first year of existence. Uh, this year, they battled COVID. They battled the weather, having had a couple uh, weekends washed away during games. Uh, they have two men's teams and a woman's team playing footy, as well as their netball club. And on 8 October this year, they're going to be having their 2021 presentation at the Canberra Southern Cross Club, and I hope that uh, the Blues have a fantastic time with their presentation night. I will put a link to the uh, website for the club, as well as their Instagram page, on the show notes. So if you want to check that out, that'd be fantastic. Now let's go ahead and jump into the the 2021 uh, NFL preview show, as well as uh, looking back at the... 2020 season and i'm actually going to go ahead and jump into the 2020 season first because i think this is kind of an interesting take on things and i had been thinking about this for a while and i and i had done the math on it you know because when i first discovered footy and i started following the game i was really fascinated by the way that the the percentage worked and i thought that was a really unique way of doing things and it was especially interesting to me this past year because yeah. You know, as an NFL fan, and I, and I generally, I don't watch a lot of NFL games, I watch the Browns every week, which means I'm, uh, I'm a glutton for punishment because they've been bad for a long time and they're finally getting good and I'm enjoying the hell out of it, quite frankly. But the way the standings work in the NFL is that there are you know, two conferences, the American Football Conference and the National Football Conference, and each of those conferences has four four-team divisions. So, for example, the, the Browns play in the AFC North with the Baltimore Ravens, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and the Cincinnati Bengals. So they, pl- they play them twice each year, and then they have kind of a, a rotational schedule that they, they go through where they'll play teams from one other division in their conference and one other division in the other conference once each, and then they'll have a couple of other games sprinkled in there as well. And now they've actually added a 17th game to the regular season starting this year. So that's going to be a bit of a change, but going back and looking at that the, the league last year, you know you had you had the standings uh, break down to where the uh, actual standings were the Kansas City had the best overall record. And, and what you're what you're doing there is it, this past year they allowed seven teams into the playoffs in each conference, so a total of fourteen out of the thirty-two teams played in the uh, in the finals, if you will, in the playoffs. And they uh they went ahead and, and did some some interesting things here. So the, the team that finished on top this past year. If you finished on top, you got a week off. You got a bye week. Okay, you got a chance to rest up, recuperate, get your team healthy if you possibly could, that sort of thing. So last year, that was the Kansas City Chiefs and the Green Bay Packers. Okay. Now the way they do things then is that you get ranked by how you finish in your division. So if you finish, you know, if you finish in your division, you're you're going to be one of the top four teams in terms of the playoffs. So you're likely you're likely to get a home game, at least one home game, as the uh, in the playoffs. And last year, you had Green Bay, like I said, had the the best overall record in the, the in the NFC and the Kansas Chiefs, Kansas City Chiefs, in the AFC. And Buffalo was number two in the AFC, Pittsburgh number three, Tennessee number four, Baltimore number five, Cleveland number six, and Indianapolis number seven. Now, on the NFC side, you had Green Bay one, New Orleans two, Seattle three, Washington four. And we're going to talk about Washington here in a minute because the fact that Washington was number four, quite frankly, was a bit of a joke. Okay? I, I, I can't describe it any other way than that. It was a bit of a joke in that regard because the uh they were they they were not a very good team last year okay so you had washington finishing fourth tampa who ultimately ended up winning the super bowl finishing fifth and then the los angeles rams sixth and the chicago bears seventh okay so last year think about how they do the the brackets with the with the uh the afl okay the the first you and I would love to see what they would do, and we're going to talk about that in a second here. Um, the, the top team got a bye week, so they got their day off. Okay, they didn't have to play till the second week. So in this case, then, the number two team played the number seven team. The number three team played the number six team. And the number four team played the number five team. Okay? So Washington, who had a record of, I believe, seven and nine. Okay, they actually had a, a losing record. All right? they had the worst record out of any team in the playoffs last year but since they were in such a lousy division i mean their division was awful it was it was absolutely terrible the redskins won 7 games and they lost 9 so they had a below 500 record and then the giants and the cowboys each had 6 wins they were 6 and 10 and the eagles were 4 and 11 you know you look on the you look on the flip side and you go to like the division that the browns were in for example you had it. You had the Steelers 12 and four, the Ravens 11 and five, and the Browns 11 and five. Yeah, so you had you had three teams there. Um, you know, the Patriots were seven and nine. They finished in third place. They they had the same record as the uh, as the the uh, charge or the uh, Redskins did. I'm sorry, the Washington football team. I apologize. They used to be called the Redskins. So what I wanted to do is I wanted to take the uh, the approach that the AFL did to see how things would have been different. And, and I, I expanded the playoffs by one team, however, in this situation. I, I added one more team to the playoffs. And I, I, I the way it broke down then is, you know, Kansas City still ended up being the number one team. They had 14 wins, so they had 56 points, and they had a percentage of 130.66. So that they scored 130 points for every time the other team scored 100, which, you know, teams in the NFL don't score 100 points, but... For our sake of argument, we're going to go ahead and go with the percentage here like that. Buffalo finished number two. They finished number two in reality as well. Pittsburgh finished number three. They finished number three in reality in this situation as well. Going with the AFL, though, Baltimore would have finished fourth. So what what we're doing here is, what I'm talking about doing is, to, instead of having the divisions, is just putting all of the AFC teams into one ladder, one through fourteen. And putting the NFC, NFC teams into one ladder, one through fourteen, and letting the chips fall where they may. You're, you're kind of getting rid of rivalries there because you know the the uh, the rivalry between the the Giants and the uh, the Red the Washington Football Team might go away, and Chicago and Green Bay and that type of thing. But uh, I just think it makes for more exciting footy, and it and it doesn't reward bad football teams. Because the Washington team last year was, quite frankly, not very good. And it doesn't penalize teams that actually were better than teams that got in. And I'll get into that here in just a moment. But uh, like I said, I left off with Baltimore finishing in the number four spot. Now, they were actually in the number five spot in the way that things shook out last year because they did not win their division. And then I had uh, Indianapolis at number five. They were actually number seven because they were the uh they were the lowest ranked in terms of the number of uh um wins that they got in their division they 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 actually did not have as good a record against the afc as other clubs so they ended up getting knocked down a couple spots so in reality they were number seven on my list they would have been number five okay and then tennessee who had been uh number four dropped all the way down to number six okay And then uh, the Browns, who had been number seven, actually jumped up a spot. Excuse me, yeah, the Browns were number six. I'm sorry, they dropped to number seven. So the Browns were six. They dropped to seven. Okay, so the big big change there was Baltimore jumping up a few spots because Baltimore's percentage was the highest of any of the teams. They had a percentage of 154.45. So, yeah, you equate that to what what goes on in the AFL. This is a team that scored a lot of points, okay? They scored a lot of points, and they didn't give up a whole lot. So Kansas City, 130, Buffalo, 133, Pittsburgh, 133. But they had one more win. They only had 48 points, whereas Buffalo had 52 points. This This is where Cleveland really hurt themselves last year, okay? You know, Indianapolis, Baltimore, Tennessee, and Cleveland all had 44 points. But their percentages... There was a massive difference. Baltimore had a percentage of 154, but another team with 44 points, Cleveland, had a percentage of only 97.8. So they actually scored less than their opponents did, even though they won 11 games and lost five. So that tells you they had a couple of games where they absolutely got destroyed. And that happened. They got destroyed uh in i believe uh, two games one game by the baltimore ravens and i think another one by pittsburgh as a matter of fact which they came back and beat pittsburgh twice at the end of the season so that was that was all fine and dandy so if that would have applied here um if we'd apply the latter system to the afc you would have had the one in four team kansas city would have played baltimore that would have been one hell of a matchup right there okay buffalo would have played pittsburgh Pittsburgh was depleted at that time. They were really struggling because they got they got crunched pretty good by the Browns the first round of the playoffs. Indianapolis would have played Miami. Now, Miami didn't even make the playoffs last year because I, I added another team in. Miami had 10 victories or 40 points, and they had a percentage that was higher than than Tennessee did in the number six spot. So that would have been one heck of a match up there in the number six and number seven spot. Uh, um, that would have been actually Tennessee and Cleveland there. So Indy would have played Miami which would have been a very close game, and Tennessee would have played Cleveland. And Tennessee and Cleveland, you know, had played earlier in the year, and that was a pretty good battle between those two teams as well. So, that's what the AFC would have looked like if we had applied their percentage. So, Kansas City would have played, you know, number one would have played Baltimore, number four. Buffalo, number two, would have played Pittsburgh, number three. Indianapolis, number five, would have played Miami, number eight. And Miami was very close to making the playoffs last year. And they were, they were playing a rookie quarterback and a very seasoned veteran quarterback who has now moved on to play at Washington by the name of Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, He's left Miami, so Tua Viola is there as the starter now in Miami. And then Tennessee and Cleveland would have played the last game. So then, you know, uh, the winner of Kansas City and Baltimore, Buffalo-Pittsburgh would have had a bye week, and then the loser goes back in and plays the winners of those other two games. I think that makes for a fascinating way to go about doing this. And, and I wish the NFL would consider something like this. But the the purists of the game probably would not allow a like a double elimination situation there. So let's look at the NFC then, okay? In actuality, again, as I'd mentioned, Green Bay finished one, New Orleans two, Seattle three, Washington four, Tampa Bay five, the Los Angeles Rams number six, and the Chicago Bears number seven. Okay? Now, if we go ahead and we apply the, the principles of the of the ladder to this, Green Bay still finishes at the top. They had 52 points. They had 13 wins and a percentage of 137.9. New Orleans and Seattle both had 48 points. They had 12 wins, but New Orleans had a percentage that was 20 points higher. So they had a percentage of 143.02. Seattle won 23.71. Tampa was the only club that had... 44 points or 11 wins and they had a percentage of 138 so they had the second highest percentage in the nfc very high powered offense there with tom brady down there as we know they went on to win the whole darn thing okay the rams finished in fifth place okay with 10 wins or 40 points and 125.67 now here's where it gets interesting because the uh when you look at this we now drop off quite a bit because you had um, some clubs that got in that otherwise might not have made it in and and, and looking at it it was pretty close here um, Washington would not have made it in if it was a one through th- if they put both conferences in one big ladder they would not have gotten in okay Minnesota would have uh, gotten in ahead of them uh, maybe they wouldn't have no Minnesota would not have gotten in I'm sorry But Arizona, who was not in the playoffs last year, jumped up into the number six spot because they had 32 points. They won eight games. They won eight and lost eight. But they had a a higher percentage than the Washington football team. Then Chicago actually uh, jumped and stayed in their spot in the number seven spot, 32 points again, eight wins, a percentage of 100.5. And then we get to the Redskins, who had 28 points. They won seven games. So they only won seven. But the way our divisions were set up, they still would have made it in. So, what this tells you is that the AFC, top to bottom, was a, you know, granted they didn't win the Super Bowl, but top to bottom, they were, you know, especially the the top eight teams, were a better side than the NFC was. The NFC had a lot of bad football teams last year. I mean, you had, you know, you had a few really bad teams in the uh, AFC, but you had a lot of, you know, clustering there in the NFC. You know, you had. You know, a couple teams. That, you, know, you had one team that won one game with Jacksonville in the AFC, and the Jets winning two games in the AFC. But the least amount of wins you had were four in the NFC. But they beat up on each other so much that you didn't have anybody really breaking away as you do in in many cases. So, under this principle, then Green Bay, New Orleans, Seattle, Tampa Bay, Los Angeles Rams, Arizona, Chicago, and Washington. You've got Green Bay and Tampa Bay playing one another in round one, number one and number four, okay? So Tampa actually bumps up a spot because they they had a better record than uh, certainly than Washington did, so they would have taken Washington's spot in the fourth spot there, okay? Number two and number three, New Orleans and Seattle, okay? Big match up there, you know, two dynamic, diminutive or small quarterbacks there, uh, what would have possibly been... Uh, Drew Brees' final game, whatever, whichever game was the last one he played last year was going to be his final because he did retire. The 5-8 and eight would have been the Rams hosting the Washington football team, and uh, so Washington would not have gotten a home game. So that's that's the funny thing. Here you've got Tampa, who ended up winning a ton of games. They won 11-5. and five. They had to go and play a road game in the playoffs last year. They had to go play at Washington Stadium simply because Washington won their division. And, you know, Washington had outscored their their opponents by a total of six points for the year. Tampa had outscored their opponents by 137 points for the year. So almost nine points a game, if you will. They outscored them per game, okay? And then the last one would have been Arizona and Chicago. And Arizona would have hosted that game when they weren't actually in the playoffs at all, okay? They weren't in the playoffs at all. So in that instance there... You like I said, you would, didn't have Arizona, you didn't have Miami in there previously, so I added those two teams in when I added an eighth club. But it would be very interesting to see how this sort of thing worked, and, and I don't know if the NFL would ever consider something uh, unique like this because this is uh, this would be a complete shift from what we typically see in the NFL. But I just I thought it was really kind of fun to take a look at the uh, at the breakdown there of of how. How this how this would have gone, and I and I've been wanting to do this really since I started following footy, and I took a little bit of time a few weeks ago and did the percentages there and, and realized that you know that Washington might not have made it into the playoffs, and I and I I could have left it at seventeens, but then I wasn't really sure how I would have gone about uh, the bye weeks because I would have had one team that didn't play in the initial round, so I I, I didn't dig that deeply into it. Okay, so here are my uh, my predictions for this year and we're going to go through the AFC okay and then the NFC so in the AFC East I have and I'm going to go from last place to first place here for first place here I've got the New York Jets finishing in third in fourth place I've got the New England Patriots finishing in third place the Miami Dolphins in second place and I have the Buffalo Bills winning that division and Buffalo is going to be a, uh, a, a Super Bowl contender, most definitely. And you could argue that Miami is as well, because Miami is a much-improved team. They've gained a lot of uh, experience over the last year. Uh, Tua has become, a, a, I think, going to be a, a good good quarterback for them. So let's go to the AFC South. I've got the Houston Texans in last place, and that, that organization is just is a mess right now. You know, you've got, you know, you got their, their star quarterback who probably is not going to play this year because he's under all sorts of investigations for uh, all sorts of different impri- improprieties, that being uh, Deshaun Watson. I've got Jacksonville in third place. Now, Jacksonville is a club that only won one game last year, but had the top pick of the draft, uh, drafted maybe the best quarterback uh, um, candidate coming into the league from college football in the last several years, and Trevor Lawrence out of Clemson. Uh, they have a first-year head coach, who uh, is a gentleman by the name of Urban Meyer, who used to be the head coach at the big university here in the state of Ohio, Ohio State. And so this is this is his first go into uh, professional football. But when you really stop and think about it, major college football, you know that stadium will have over a hundred thousand people in it every single game. When we don't have COVID, um, I think he's going to start taking a step forward there. Now, they're not going to make the playoffs for sure, but uh, they're going to have some improvement. Then I've got Indianapolis finishing in second place. And then in first place, I've got the Tennessee Titans uh, winning that division. Uh, It's a very good team. Uh, They've got a really solid quarterback down there in Ryan Tannehill. Very good defense. One of the best running backs in Derrick Henry. Then we move over to the AFC North. And I've got the Cincinnati Bengals finishing in fourth place. Cincinnati had the, the, the top quarterback in the draft from last year, uh, Joe Burrow, who's coming back off of major knee surgery. They've added some some good pieces for him offensively, but the big question mark there is, is who's going to be able to actually block for him? Are they going to be able to keep him keep him upright and keep him healthy? Because he got hurt last year when his knee got rolled up on, so they didn't really address the uh, the offensive line as much as some people thought they should have. I've got the Pittsburgh Steelers finishing in third place. Uh, ben Roethlisberger, who has been the quarterback, I think, since I was about 16. No, not quite that long. But he's he's getting up there. I believe he's 38 or 39 years old now. Uh, went, uh, went to high school about uh, 40 miles away from where I am right now. I think they're going to take a little bit of a backslide. They've got uh, some serious question marks on their offensive line. You know, it's going to be what can they do to keep Big Ben healthy and upright because he does not move well anymore. He, I mean, he was a big guy to begin with at about six foot six and about 240 pounds. He wasn't terribly mobile to begin with. He was a pretty good target there for the the defensive lineman to come try to tackle, but it was hard to get him down. I have the Baltimore Ravens finishing in second place. Now, this, this could be a coin flip between Baltimore and the team that I have in first place because both of them are very good teams. Baltimore has some question marks on their offensive line. Uh, They've got a very dynamic quarterback in Lamar Jackson. They lost a couple key defenders that they're going to have to replace, and they brought in some people. It's just going to be a question of how quickly can they get up to speed and become integral parts of of the club. And in first place, I have the Cleveland Browns. And I will say I am a Cleveland fan. I've been a Cleveland fan for, well, over 50 years. Okay, closing in on 60 years, surprisingly. And they won a championship in 1964, the last time... uh, I was a year old when that happened. So I don't remember it, but rumor has it it was a great time in Cleveland. This is a club that a couple of years ago went winless. They didn't win a game. They'd gone 0-16, and then I believe they went 1-15-1 or something of that nature. They won one game in two years. They were awful. And... If you've ever watched those shows on television where you renovate a house, and you have to, what they say they're going to tear it down to the studs, they're going to rip everything out except for the foundation, and they might even have to repair the foundation as well before they can rebuild it. Well, they've done that, and they they built a a really really good team, uh, a team that you might argue has the best offense in football. Uh, they certainly have the best running attack, the best set of blockers, their offensive line. The receivers are pretty solid. Uh, the quarterback is a pretty good quarterback. I wouldn't say he's a top five quarterback yet, but he might become that. And the defense is very much improved. Okay, and then we move on to the AFC West, and the AFC West was a little was a little tougher to call because I think it's easy to pick who's going to be the first the first team in that comp- in that division, but the other three teams you could almost put them in a hat and pull and pull the names out. And I decided to go with. Uh, Well, you'll see here in a second, okay? I've got the uh, Las Vegas Raiders finishing in fourth place. And it's going to be interesting to see what that stadium actually looks like with fans in it because they played played games last year with no fans in their stadium at all. You know, this is the team I've got in third place is the Denver Broncos, and I don't think there's a whole lot of difference between the two of them. I think Denver has a much stronger defense than they do, and... uh, Denver has a little bit of a question mark at the quarterback position. They brought in Teddy Bridgewater, who's kind of a journeyman quarterback he's been. I mean, he's been with a number of different teams throughout his career, had a significant knee injury a few years ago to where they weren't sure if he was ever going to be able to to possibly walk again, let alone play football. And he's recovered nicely from that. Now, the team I've got in second place is the Los Angeles Chargers. And uh, I went ahead and, and put them here. Uh, because I think that of those three clubs that are in 2, 3, and 4 here, they have head and shoulders the best quarterback in Justin Herbert there, who I think is going to do a lot to lead that club to um, the possibility of a, of a wild card playoff position. Uh, I think it's a, it's a much improved club. And quite frankly, when they wear their powder blue uniforms, which are kind of modeled on the ones that they wore back in the 1960s, I think it's the best-looking uniform in in the NFL, hands down. Okay, the light blue uniforms. So let's move over to the NFC. And we're going to start in the NFC East, and uh, somebody has to win it. Remember, this is the the division that was really bad last year, that the team that won it won fewer games than it lost. So we're going to put the Philadelphia Eagles, who won the Super Bowl just a few years ago, in last place. I don't see that changing. They've had some salary cap issues. They've... uh, had to trade away some key components, and they are in a rebuilding phase right now. So I think the Eagles are going to be in fourth place. I think the Giants should be improved this year, but not enough to make a real push towards the playoffs. I've got them in third. Uh, I've got uh, the guys down in Jerry's World in Dallas Cowboy, what they, what they call America's team, but uh, I don't see it. Um, although you do see a lot of people wearing Cowboys gear. I... I don't know how many Cowboys backers clubs there are around the world, but if you search Browns backers, you're gonna find Browns backers in dozens of countries around the world where they get together and sit in a pub or a bar or at somebody's house to watch the games each week. I don't know how many of those are for the Cowboys. Maybe there's more than I realize, but uh Yeah, we're kind of the lovable losers, okay? We don't have that, you know, multi billion dollar stadium with the the huge uh video screens up above the playing field there so I've got the Cowboys in second place and then I've got the Washington football team they might have a name next year um in first place they've uh they've got a a terrific defense their offense last year was what's the best way I can describe it putrid awful it stunk on ice it was terrible but they played great defense they've addressed the offense quite a bit this year uh, they uh, they brought in that uh, veteran quarterback from Miami, Ryan Fitzpatrick, to help uh, lead the club, and uh, you know we shall see what happens here. But I think that the Redskins are going to go ahead and win that division. Now let's move down to the NFC South, and I've got the Carolina Panthers finishing in last place. Uh, Carolina brought in a former number two overall quarterback pick in sam darnold from the jets this year you know darnold just really struggled in new york and i think that a lot of that has to do with the uh the the pressure of playing in new york city in that major metropolitan area especially with the media there um some people in fact my last episode that i released when i talked to carolyn cummings we talked about how you know when buddy franklin was playing in Melbourne. Everybody knew who Buddy was. He, you know, he walked the street. You know, he went out on the streets. Everybody knew who Buddy was. But when he was in Sydney, early on, he just blended in. People didn't necessarily know who this really tall guy was here. He was just another person on the streets. Playing in Carolina, as opposed to playing in New York City, I think is going to do a world of wonder for um, Sam Darnold's confidence. But I don't know if that's going to be enough to translate into wins for Carolina this year. Uh, they, they you know, they're still in a division with a pretty good team, the defending Super Bowl champions. So in third place, I've got the Atlanta Falcons. I put them there because they've got a, uh, you know, a Super Bowl quarterback. They didn't win, but, uh, Matt Ryan is still there, a veteran quarterback who's played in the league for a long time. Uh, pretty good set of receivers there. Uh, pretty solid defense in, in Atlanta as well. And I, and I think that, you know, they may push for the second spot on there, but I don't think they're there yet. I got the New Orleans Saints finishing in second place in this one. Uh, this is the first season in the post Drew Brees era. You know Drew Brees is a is a future Hall of Famer, you know terrific quarterback. You know guy who came back from a horrific shoulder inju- injury early in his career where you know there was not there was question of whether or not he'd be able to, you know compete at the highest level. And not only to compete, he won a Super Bowl and just threw the ball all over the stadium. Okay, and then in first place, how can you not put him there? You know, I, I I honestly am beginning to think that he's a terminator. I don't think he's human. I've got Tom Brady's Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the in the first position there, a team with a fantastic defense. You know, a uh, uh, a quarterback who has won more Super Bowls than anybody else in history. Now having won one with his new club, and I just and I I fully expect them to compete for the Super Bowl again this year. And uh, I think this is going to be another dynamic club this year. So let's move up to the NFC North, and the NFC North is a great division. You've got all these, these uh, blue-collar cities, uh, cold, which doesn't necessarily matter a whole heck of a lot now because Detroit and Minnesota both play indoors, but Chicago and Green Bay both still play outside, so you get some very chilly temperatures there, um, sometimes well below zero Fahrenheit uh, in, in both of those places during the later parts of the season. I've got Detroit finishing in last place here in fourth place. This is a club that is in rebuilding mode. They traded away their veteran quarterback in Matt Stafford to the Rams. Brought in another veteran, but not as good a quarterback in Jared Goff. Uh, They're still trying to put things together here. They did not have a great defense last year. I have the Chicago Bears in third place. Uh, They drafted a very dynamic young quarterback in Justin Fields uh it's a moment yeah. You know, it's a moment of waiting till see when he gets on the field they've got a pretty solid veteran in front of him that's there to help him learn how to you know to play the game at the highest level and andy dalton who spent a decade as the starting quarterback in cincinnati so they've got a lot of starting experience there with him pretty solid defense there but again kind of an emerging offense in uh in chicago i have got the minnesota vikings finishing in in third place here again a club with a pretty decent defense some very good skilled position players offensively with Dalvin Cook and Adam Thielen, uh, receiver, and uh, running back there. A pretty good quarterback in, uh, oh crap, I'm forgetting his name right now. Cousins um, is his name, is his last name. Okay, that's his last name. So, and then I've got the Green Bay Packers winning the division. Okay, I've got the Green Bay Packers winning the division here. So, um... The uh, Packers are one of the, the favorites to win the whole darn thing this year. You know, you've got a, uh, you've got a quarterback who, you know, quite frankly, they weren't um, sure if he was going to be back this year. You know, there was talk of him possibly retiring and him holding out and not wanting to play. Uh, you know, I think he's kind of feeling disrespected by the team. Last year, they drafted a quarterback in the first round uh by the by the name of uh, uh love his last name is love and uh suffice to say that aaron rodgers did not love that move on their part and um they are wondering whether or not they still have a long term um quarterback situation here with aaron rodgers is he going to be there for the long term or is he going to be gone um Fairly soon. Is this going to be his last year in Green Bay? There had been talk about him possibly going to play somewhere else. Uh, he actually, this summer, did a week as a guest host on probably the most popular game show here in the United States called Jeopardy. Uh, the, the longtime host of that show um, had passed away back in November of last year after a battle with cancer, a long battle with cancer. And he'd hosted the show for almost 40 years. And... It's an extraordinarily popular show, makes a lot of money in terms of advertising for the TV stations and that sort of thing, so they wanted to continue it, so they'd been bringing on guest hosts and a week at a time, so they'd spent a couple days doing episodes. And and Aaron Rodgers, very eloquent, uh, did a fantastic job with it. If he wasn't playing football, I think he would be a great choice to take over as the host of Jeopardy. And I thought that might have been what he was thinking, because he's won a Super Bowl, he's been an MVP, he's made tens of millions of dollars playing a game. And this would be an opportunity for him to make tens of million dollars, still playing a game, and not getting his head bashed in. So I thought maybe he'd consider stepping away, but he's coming back for at least one more year with Green Bay. So I've got them finishing up at the uh, at the top of the NFC North. Okay, and the NFC West, which you could argue, I think you can make an argument that the NFC West and the AFC North are the two best divisions in the NFL. Okay, I've got the Cardinals. Finishing in fourth place, and the Cardinals could finish in second place in a lot of other divisions. Okay, they could finish in in, in second place in a lot of other divisions. Heck, they might even be able to win. They could probably win the NFC the NFC North, quite frankly. Uh, so I've got them finishing in fourth place. I've got the Seattle Seahawks taking a little bit of a slide. You now this is a, this is a team that's always pushing into the playoffs. I've got them sliding back into the third spot. I have the San Francisco 49ers jumping back into the second spot. Now the 49ers were just in the Super Bowl 2 years ago. And last year they were absolutely devastated by injury. Okay, they were they were just devastated. They had so many injured people out, you know, out of the lineup that they were signing guys, you know, uh, just a few days before a game is going to get played and they were going to be in the lineup then. Okay. I think they're going to be a much better team especially if they're healthy. And then I've got the Rams winning the uh NFC west the los angeles rams they brought in uh, matt matthew stafford the quarterback from detroit who is a, is a better quarterback than jared goff but the big difference here is that matthew stafford hasn't had a lot of success since his days in college and that's been over a decade ago he's still a great quarterback but he's not won a lot of games he's played a lot he's played in a lot of losing situations so we'll see if he's able to turn that around and 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 turn the rams into a winning squad okay so again, you know I've got my my top seven you know my teams my top seven teams in both uh, conferences again, the AFC I've got Buffalo, Kansas City, Cleveland, Tennessee at number four, Baltimore number five, Miami number six, and the Los Angeles Chargers number seven. On the other side, I've got Tampa Bay at number one, Green Bay at number two, the Los Angeles Rams number three, Washington at number four because I have to put them there because of our rules even though they don't deserve to be there because they will not have as good a record as the three teams below them. I've got San Francisco finishing in fifth place, making the playoffs as a wild card. Seattle also making a wild card from the number three spot in that division. And then the New Orleans Saints, with a former starting quarterback, quarterback Jameis Winston, who used to be in Tampa. Now the starting quarterback in New Orleans stepping in to replace Drew Brees. I think that New Orleans gets back in, because it's a very talented squad. And I think there's too much talent there, that, that despite the fact that Drew Brees is not there... I think they'll still be able to make the playoffs. So I'm going to go through and give you who I think is going to win the whole damn thing here as well right now, okay? So in the in the first round of the playoffs, of course, Buffalo gets a bye because they're the number one team. Tampa gets a bye because they're the number one team. So number two plays number seven, Kansas City and the Los Angeles Chargers. I've got Kansas City winning that one. Number three plays number six. That's Cleveland playing Miami. That game will be getting played in mid-January in Cleveland, Ohio, where it's going to be about five degrees fahrenheit and the team from miami coming up from where it was about 75 degrees fahrenheit i've got the cleveland browns winning that game and then tennessee and baltimore tennessee being the number 14 baltimore being the number five team i have baltimore winning that game i think baltimore's a better team than uh than the tennessee titans so i've got baltimore winning that one so the next round of the playoffs then you've got buffalo playing baltimore and kansas city playing cleveland okay I've got Buffalo beating Baltimore here. I I think that Josh Allen is a a special talent at quarterback uh, for Buffalo. And I've got Kansas City playing Cleveland. And this is kind of interesting because in just six days from when I'm recording this, the Kansas City Chiefs are hosting the Browns in the first game of the season for these two teams. A lot of people are expecting Kansas City to win this one. And they might because it's being played in Kansas City. I just have this feeling that the Browns are going to get by them this year. I think the Browns are going to be a team that... Yes, they were pretty darn good last year, but I think they're going to get exponentially better as the year goes by, as they learn how to win as a team. Yes, they won 11 games last year, okay? I think they're going to do at least that this year. I think they might win 12 or 13 games, but I think they're going to develop as a team more so than they did last year because of them growing a year older, okay? And I think that's going to allow them to—and quite frankly— Their offensive line is significantly better than the one in Kansas City. And they can run the football in crappy weather. So I've got the Browns winning that one. The Browns actually going on to the Super Bowl from the AFC. Yeah, I know it's a homer call on my part, but at least this isn't 2015 when I'm saying they're going to go there and they only win two games or one game or whatever the hell they did, what they won. So in the NFC, I've got Tampa again having the bye week. Okay. Number two, Green Bay, plays number seven, New Orleans. And again, that's a cold weather game from a dome team i've got green bay winning that one against new orleans number three playing number six los angeles rams playing seattle in los angeles at whatever their big new stadium is called sofi field i don't i don't know what the hell it's called i've got the rams winning that one as well okay and then we've got washington hosting san francisco and as i told you i I said that the fourth place team in this division because i've got three teams making the playoffs from the NFC west I said the fourth-place team could win this division. Well, the third-place team certainly is not going to lose to the team that won it, okay? So I've got San Francisco beating Washington here. So the next week, then, I've got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers hosting the San Francisco 49ers. And I've got Tampa Bay winning that one. And I've got Green Bay hosting the Los Angeles Rams. And Green Bay winning that one. Los Angeles going from a warm climate back on the road to the cold again. So we've got number one and number two playing each other in the NFC. And I've got Tampa playing and beating the Green Bay Packers here. Okay? So the Super Bowl, and I don't remember, I think it's 56, 57, um, is in what I'm tipping this year, what I'm predicting this year, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Cleveland Browns. And as much as I would like to say the Browns, I don't think they're quite that ready yet. I think that Tom Brady gets himself another Super Bowl win this year. Okay, I've got Tampa winning the Super Bowl this year. I hope I'm wrong. I, uh, I hope that you know I'm able to come back here in uh, eight or nine months and say, Boy, I was really close on that, but uh, I really, really, really should have picked the Browns in that. Okay, now I hope, of course, that they get there. But that's just what I'm. That's what I'm predicting this year. And again, I, I this is just you know purely for entertainment purposes, just having some fun with this. And like I said, I, I'm generally going to stay with it when it comes to footy. So, those are my NFL predictions for this year. I, uh, you know, I think there's going to be some teams that, that struggle this year. I think Houston is going to be awful this year. I think Philadelphia is going to struggle this year. I think that the uh, Detroit Lions are still going to struggle. I think the Cincinnati Bengals, who did struggle last year, are going to be a lot better than people expect them to be. But their record might not reflect it because they're playing in a division with two really good teams, and Pittsburgh is still a very solid team as well. Okay, I think the Jets are going to be a little bit improved this year too. Okay, They brought in uh, a new kid, uh, quarterback Zach Wilson, from uh, Brigham Young University out in uh, the state of Utah. So those are my predictions for this year. Okay, You'll have to let me know what you think. Uh, drop me a message on, uh, my website, yankonthefooty.com. Tell me that I'm, uh, tell me that I'm full of beans, that I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. I'd love to hear from you. So ladies and gents, I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up. Don't forget that you can find everything related to the podcast at my website that I just mentioned at com. I hope you'll consider checking it out. I hope you'll consider leaving me a review for the podcast, whether it be on Apple podcast or Podchaser or right on my website, it would really, really help. You know, I, uh, I've had absolutely zero reviews since, I believe, May, and we're now in September. So I'd love to hear from you. If you want to help out the show, you can stop by the Buy Me a Coffee page on my website as well. Also, if you're interested in any gear for the podcast, you can stop by my Redbubble page. And don't forget, if you're interested in being a, sh- on, a guest on the show and you want to you know, fill out the guest intake form, that'd be fantastic. I will definitely get back in touch with you. I have one person I do need to get in touch with uh, about that. And um, remember, you can also find the podcast at your favorite podcast provider. It does end up on my website as well. If you want to reach me, you can find me at a yank underscore on on Twitter or to yank on the footy at gmail.com or to yank on the footy on both Instagram and on Facebook. And ladies and gentlemen, as always, look out for each other. Enjoy these last couple rounds of the AFL season. I know I am. I'm very excited about it. I'm very nervous about it, if you listen to the live episode that I recorded this morning. I think it's going to be a lot of fun these next couple of weeks here, because we've got four very quality teams that are playing. But like I said, look out for each other, give each other a call, okay, send each other a note, get on a Zoom, tell somebody you love them, okay? We're fans of this game, we love it. A lot of us are fans of the NFL as well, we love that as well, but I'm... I'm this is the game that I love more than even the NFL, okay? So, ladies and gentlemen, I thank you for listening. As always, may your dribble kick never hit the post. I will catch you later. This has been episode 103 of A Yank on the Footy. Don't forget that you can reach me at yank underscore on on Twitter or to yankonthefooty at gmail.com. You can also find me on Instagram and on Facebook at a yank on the Footy, or you can find everything about the podcast on my website, a yankonthefooty.com. I hope you'll consider sharing this episode with your friends and family. And until next time, ladies and gentlemen, goodbye.